Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. Oh, you got to love those train sounds. This is where we live. From Connecticut Public Radio, I'm Frankie Graziano. Trains often build as a toy for tots, but trains can be heartwarming and awe-inspiring for folks of all ages. And this hour on Where We Live, we're celebrating the magic of trains and hearing from local locomotive lovers. We'll take you for a ride on the Naugatuck Railroad at the Railroad Museum of New England. Plus, Yale New Haven Children's Hospital's home to a toy train display that sparks joy in visitors and even the employees there. We're going to hear from them. But first, we hear about one holiday train ride tailored to children on the autism spectrum. Joining us now, a great guest, Christine Faressa, the founder and president of Sun, Moon, and Stars, a Watertown-based nonprofit that offers events and activities for children on the autism spectrum. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, Frankie. Before I get going with Christine, I just want to tell people out there that are the train lovers, give us a shout this hour. We're also encouraging those on the autism spectrum and their loved ones to reach out this hour and share your thoughts about the magic of the holiday season, even challenges you may face this time of year. Ring us up, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at we live, Where We Live. Christine, give me the inspiration, if you can, behind Sun, Moon, and Stars. That's easy, Frankie. Our son is the inspiration, our son Dominic behind Sun, Moon, and Stars. Um, he was diagnosed with autism at age three. And at that point, my husband Mark and I knew very little about autism. All we knew was that these children struggled socially and were not invited to birthday parties. It, it was a problem. So we started researching autism to learn as much as we could. And we started paying more attention to events geared towards the special needs community and labeled as sensory friendly. That's kind of where things started. And one of um, our bigger struggles with Dominic was actually um, going out to dinner. We had, a, we had a very hard time going out to dinner. We realized we could not be the only family that struggled with this. As I was scrolling through Facebook, this is back in 2016, I came across a group called Autism Eats, where they had events where families could actually get together judgment-free and enjoy a meal. They did something like this quarterly. So a light bulb really started going off in my head and I thought, could we actually do something similar? You know, could we, if we did, what could we call it? So at that time, um, one of my son's favorite books was I Love You to the Moon and Back, and we would read it together all the time. <laughs> so that's where the idea of Sun, Moon, and Stars, the name actually came up. Our kids are the light of our lives are Sun, Moon, and Stars. And I chatted with a longtime friend, um, Abby Nelson, who's actually our marketing director and on our board now. And with the support of my husband in a, in a local restaurant, at that time it was Anthony's of Oakville, the Sun, Moon, and Star Supper Club was created. And that's really where it all began at that point. Such a beautiful story. And uh, what uh, what's happening with your son, Dominic, and, and you guys, and, and you guys uh, and trying to make sure that you have a nice judgment-free zone for children on the autism spectrum. I appreciate that uh, so much. And I understand that Dominic loves trains. What about the chain or train 
see what I did there, of events he inspired. <laughs> so so what's great about that is, yes, so back in, oh my gosh, you know, time flies. Uh, he, Dominic is 11 now. So back in about 2015, uh, we actually took our first train ride um, at the Railroad Museum of New England. It was one of their pumpkin patch trains. He had such a great time with it that we just always tried to attend every train event that we could with them, whether it be at that point, it was pumpkin picking, then the Santa Express, and then they also have an Easter Bunny train as well. So we really tried to um, support them as well. Um, you know, and as, as that all happened, and then we started Sun, Moon and Stars, which really became a, a place where we wanted to do fun events. You know, it's hard being an autism parent, a special needs parent, however way you slice it. Our kids, um, you know, they're always very busy. Services in, in so many different capacities that our kids do need. So we wanted it to be a place where, how do we give them just a great holiday fun experience? And that's where we wanted to, to give that back to families. So we started looking at how do we bring that about? And um, we started doing some holiday events, whether it be Halloween, um, a pumpkin picking at a local farm. It, March Farm is one of our, our longest running collaborations. And really with the love of the trains, it was really a very easy transition at that point, Frankie, because at that time, um, a gentleman named Steve Casey was the then president of the Railroad Museum of New England. And I went up to him and I said, hey, this was at one of our events. And I went up to him and I said, you know, hey, you know, we have quite a few autism families. You know, have you ever thought about doing something specific for them? And we went round and round. And sure enough, the Autism Friendly Santa Express was born in 2017. And it started with one coach and eight families. And it has grown since then. Um, this is our sixth year. This was just our sixth year. The COVID year, obviously, we missed. But five train rides. And now, basically, the Thanksgiving weekend that Sunday, we actually own that noontime slot, which is very convenient. It's, it kicks off the holiday season for families. Um, families get to see Santa and we now are selling out that whole time slot, which is over 300 tickets sold for the last three years. It's, it's just been incredible, Frankie, to be quite honest. And I want to hear from experts at the Nagatuck Railroad and the Railroad Museum of New England uh, in a little bit, but I understand there's a partnership there what kind of accommodations are made for this one day only event, that Sunday noon slot that you guys own? Absolutely. So um, the the staff, Santa, Mrs. Claus and the elves are all aware that obviously, um, you know, these are children on the autism spectrum and their families. So, you know, there is a little bit more time, a little more patience. Um, they lower um, they lower the music. So it's very minimal. And really the, the bigger thing of it is the fact that you're with your people. So, when you say, we say judgment-free and, you know, you're with your people, so to speak, it really comes down to the fact that, you know, if your child's having a hard time, so be it. We're there. We're, we've all been there. We're all here to support you and help if we can. So no one is looking at you askance if your child is having a hard time. And there's something to be said for that, that the Railroad Museum, and lately we've been working with a gentleman, Orion, the last two years, and he's been phenomenal. Um, their marketing um, has stepped up. They made us a beautiful sign. Um, highlighting the whole thing, um, the Autism Friendly Santa Express. And, you know, we've even tweaked it a little bit last year to this year. For instance, um, Santa always gives out a bell. We look forward to getting this bell. We have many bells every year. You know, we have a collection of bells. So instead of giving it mid-train ride, we give it to the kids as they walk out. Um, 
little tweaks here and there where we can always make it better. And, you know, we, we get feedback from parents and I have to say this year, um, it was just amazing. It, it was really magical. I just want to underscore I to that. I just want to underscore that it's really okay if, if it's not the, if it's not the best uh, day for the child or even the parent. Uh, no. sometimes, sometimes you got to have a, if you're somebody like me, you got to have an anxiety pill before you, you take that kind <laughs> of a trip. You got to make sure you're right. Well, that's the beauty of it, Frankie, because, you know, with our families, um, and you know, we have maybe, uh, I want to say 30 to 40 families that interact with our events at various times, some more than others, depending on the activity, the whole idea is to support each other. And really, you know, if you're having a hard time, basically, how can we help? How can we help you? What do we need to do? You know, if you have, you know, two or three children in your family and your autistic child's having a hard time, all right, well, you take care of what you need to, we've got you on the other end. So it's really just a beautiful relationship that our families have with each other. And um, to see it grown to where it is, has been extraordinary. We extraordinary. got you. And we, got you. and we were lucky enough, not me, but my uh, great colleague, uh, my producer, Katie Pellico, to ride along for this year's event and heard from parents mm-hmm. about the importance of events like this for children on the autism spectrum. Let's take a listen, starting with Janice Morgan from Glastonbury. Harley turns three in January. Um, she's saying a few words. So primarily, I would say nonverbal, but we're, we're making really good progress. She's signing. We had a really good experience today. I was nervous because I didn't know. She doesn't normally do good with loud sounds. A lot of people... She had a great time. She took pictures. I did not think she was going to take pictures. Um, she normally, like every time we go to Chuck E. Cheese, she runs away from Chucky. So she actually embraced the reindeer. So she's doing really good. I'm very happy. This was a very good experience and we'll definitely be coming back for sure. We just wanted the kids to experience something like this again. We've done one in North Conway, New Hampshire in the past, but it had been about five or six years. So we decided to do it again. And it's always fun to do the Santa Polar Express type train trip. Well, this one's special just because he's with really his pairs, which makes it really nice. And then they also make it a little bit more quiet, right? And so that he doesn't have to wear his headphones because a lot of times he has to wear his headphones because it's so loud. So it's just very nice. And they get to meet with Santa and Mrs. Claus and they understand with autism, you know, how to work with the kids. So it's very nice. It was nice. I got a little bit of a history lesson which I didn't know anything about. I didn't know how far the train went and you know what they did. So this was very cool, very cool. This is our first time on the train. We've come probably about 500 times. We follow the train. We follow the train every year, every night that the train runs, but he never wanted to get on the train. So this is our first time. John, are you having fun? I'm excited for him, you know, see how he's gonna react to it. I'm sure he'll love it. Yeah. I just want him to have a good experience. Christine Faressa, the president of Sun, Moon, and Stars, your reaction to what you just heard, a lot of happy families it sounded like in that clip. Absolutely. It's, it, it really kind of brings the tear to your eye a bit because, you know, we started Sun, Moon, and Stars as a way really to build a community around our son and provide a support system for him. And through all that, through our journey and all of the events and activities and programming that we've done in events like this, it really is heartwarming to see to see what has become of this and the impact on other families. It really truly is um, very heartwarming. And it's, it's funny, one of our taglines is we just wanna see happy families and smiling faces at every one of our events. That brings me joy. 
to help people and, and bring others joy. It, it's just amazing. It really is amazing. Yeah, you're bringing a smile to my face right now. I just want to shout out uh, the people that we heard in that clip, Janice Morgan and her daughter Harley and uh, Keith Drunken Miller and Ella, Andrea Malucci and Hunter and Conrad and Cole's dad, Joseph Rinaldi, John's mom, Sandy Genua and Talon Boozy, who was also on that clip. Great Great interaction there. I, I imagine you're starting to see more families. I think it started with uh, just a, just maybe two cars, and now you're up to seven cars, something like that? Absolutely. Um, it was a bit of a surprise this year because generally we have three coaches and one um, uh, first-class train, but it was absolutely amazing to see um, the vintage coaches that came up. And my son and I, actually, the weekend before, they were doing a beautiful toy for to- Toys for Tots drive with the Marines, and the the vintage trains were going up and down the rails. So we got to go on those actual vintage coaches. It was amazing to see. Um, so that was fun. So those were offered on this train ride, too. So those actually sold out as well. So it was just extraordinary, Frankie. I have to say, it was just extraordinary this year. As we understand it, you own that noon time slot uh, here in the holiday season on that Sunday, but... It doesn't stop there. I saw an event for Valentine's Day. There's more things happening. Can you tell us about some of the events that you offer for families? So we, we do quite a bit. It's it's funny. Every year I say, okay, we do enough. And then I find ways to find um, new events and activities. So the holidays are a big focus for us, um, clearly. Um, you know, we do a Valentine's event with a local um, organization in town, Glazy Days. It's a pottery studio. Um, we've been working with them for years. They've been supporter of uh, a huge supporter. Um, we do a monthly Lego club as well for the kids um, at Bricks and Minifigs, Bricks and Minifigs in Southington, Connecticut. Um, so that's something that's been ongoing. We like our we like our monthly programming. We do a, a parent support group every month as well at a local um, coffee shop, Caribbean here in town. And really, Sunday fun days are a big thing for us. So whether you know it's a visit to a children's museum that's a private event, um, we do paint parties. Um, we do um, just anything that we can think of that's a Sunday fun day for the kids. Um, that, that, makes a, that makes a huge difference. Um, we um, love the holidays. Our pumpkin picking event at March Farms, we've been doing that every year. Um, the American Legion um, here in Oakville, Watertown has been a wonderful partner. We've been running a Halloween event there for a few years. We do a Letters to Santa event. We're going to be doing an Easter event there as well. Um, it's just, there's always something to do and, and some way to make an impact. And I, you know, we're very creative. We take a lot of um, suggestions to see what do our parents want to see? What do they want to see? Um, we do run an adaptive sports program as well in a partnership with Watertown Park and Rec. So we do adaptive soccer, basketball, and running. We do that. Um, our biggest program that we do, Frankie, is we actually run a water safety program called the Starfish Swim Club, where we teach children on the autism spectrum how to swim safely. That's our, our largest program that we run, um, and, and that's been a phenomenal success in helping kids because it is very important to teach these kids how to swim. Some great events for children on the autism spectrum, not just in the greater Watertown area, but I understand uh, anybody, as long as they maybe uh, pay the yeah. price of admission, something like that can can participate. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have families that come from all over. It's not just, you know, we, we live here in Watertown, so we say Watertown based in surrounding areas, but we run events everywhere. One of our newer collaborations is we've, we're doing this three to four times a year now, um, with, is Extreme Air Trampoline Park in Cheshire. So the kids love to jump around and bounce and um, have fun on the trampolines there. And that is a collaboration with another nonprofit here in 
Connecticut, the ASRC Autism Services Resources Connecticut. So we just started that partnership this past year, and we've just scheduled three more events for this coming year and with to, them. And today we spoke about the Santa Express mm-hmm. on the Naugatuck Railroad with yep. the little sun, moon, and stars flavor. You could see images from this year's event. And find out more information about sun, moon, and stars at our website at ctpublic.org slash where we live. Christine Faressa, founder and president of Sun, Moon, and Stars. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Frankie, for having me. It's been a privilege and a pleasure. And we just we just want to have happy families and smiling faces, my friend. That's all we ever want. So I mean this you. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Next stop, the Naugatuck Railroad and the Railroad Museum of New England in Thomaston, Connecticut. You can join the conversation 888-720-9677 or hit us up on social, Facebook and Twitter at where we live. Support for this podcast comes from Hartford HealthCare. Elevating Health is funded by Hartford HealthCare. ECMO is a leading-edge, life-saving treatment for patients with cardiac or respiratory failure. Dr. Jason Gluck, director of the Mechanical Circulatory Support Program and Emergency Cardiac Care at Hartford Hospital, explains what it is. So ECMO stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenation, outside the body oxygenation of blood. It's a life support technique that's used by highly sophisticated medical systems for patients with severe heart or lung failure. The technique involves removing blood from the body, oxygening it, and then returning it back. ECMO procedures happen in the ICU, but not all hospitals are equipped with the necessary technology and staff. Dr. Gluck describes Hartford Hospital's ECMO Go team. So ECMO is considered when treatments have failed, and in our center, with a special ECMO on the go team, we'll actually take that technology to their hospital and help them out there if they need to to stabilize the patient and then bring them back to heart for recovery. For more information, go to ctpublic.org slash health. This is Where We Live from Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Frankie Graziano. The Railroad Museum of New England and the Naugatuck Railroad, this time of year, offer several holiday-themed rides for train enthusiasts, In addition to the experience for children with sensory sensitivities you heard about last segment, there are also events like the Northern Lights Limited and Sippin' with Santa. Joining me now to talk about the Railroad Museum of New England and the Naugatuck Railroad's holiday offering is Orion Newell. He's the Passenger Operations Director at the Naugatuck Railroad and a member of the Board of Directors for the Railroad Museum of New England. Orion, how are you? We're doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I can't wait to talk to you about the offering. I just want to tell you before we get going, I want to hear from the train lovers. Give us a shout this hour. Ring us up, 888-720-9677, or find us as well on Facebook and Twitter. Orion, you're a train guy. I saw yeah. I saw in the current you've been restoring boxcars for years. The current article from 2016 I saw reads, A Teen's Hobo Castle. The 1930 decrepit boxcar that a high school sophomore bought for $1 to restore and donate to a museum can stay in the side yard of the 15-year-old's family home despite neighbors' objections. So I've, I've liked trains for a, 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 a very long time. And uh, my mother 
was a volunteer at a railroad museum in Washington state. We used to live out there and, uh, through the years I became more and more and more involved. Uh, there's a picture when I'm about six or seven years old and she's the engineer in the cab and I'm standing on the running board or, or right next to her. And the shot is looking down uh, the locomotive. And I think that's one of it's not a very good photo, but it's probably one of my favorite photos because that's where it really started to, to take off. Uh, so when we moved to Connecticut, I just continued that and it became more and more of a thing and more of more of a presence in my life. And here we are today. I get to wake up every day and go down and make people really happy and run a Christmas train right now. Yeah, and can you can you talk to us about being involved with the railroad uh, museum as they're on their board of directors and uh, passenger operations director at Naugatuck Railroad? Yeah. So what's very interesting is that boxcar uh, article that you read about. Uh, I actually got that from the Railroad Museum of New England. Uh, which is where I am now. They discovered they didn't have the uh, means or time to restore that boxcar, and it was a a duplicate in their collection. And so one day I called them up, and uh, Howard, who is still the president of the railroad, answered the phone. And long story short, I ended up moving it to the backyard, restoring it, bringing it to another museum uh, over the last six years. And between the boxcar and now I've maintained that relationship with the railroad museum, which ended landing me a job after high school at the railroad. So it's been a fantastic journey. And now I'm pretty much fully involved. It is my full-time job is making the trains go there at the railroad. I'm sure you got to listen to that great package that Katie Pellico put together earlier with people on the train on the sun, moon, and stars flavor of the Santa Express. What's that like to be in part of something like that? Why are events like that one in particular so important? Well, I think it's so important because as a railroad museum, you want more people to experience the the train. At the end of the day, the revenue directly benefits the railroad museum in New England, and the better the passenger trains do, the the better the museum does. And What's awesome about the Sun, Moon, and Stars event is it's a group of people that might not necessarily feel comfortable coming on a full Christmas train. So they, in the past, might have never had the opportunity to experience the train and experience a train in a comfortable way. So it's one of my favorite events. Last year, we, we, we made a banner for it. And like Christine said, I mean, it's just gotten to be a bigger and bigger and bigger event. And it's at it, they filled the whole train this year, and it's just such a magical thing to be there and be on board, and see Santa and Mrs. Claus interact with uh, a group that may not be there if we didn't offer that event. Why are trains so magical? <laughs> you know, it's funny how many times I've been asked this in my life. Like, what what what's you draw the trains? Which I it's hard for me to put a finger on it, but I just think. They're different. They're they're unique. Uh, they're you look at an old car community. There's a lot of people that follow that. I would argue there's a lot of people, if not equal number, that follow the the railroad community. And I think everyone in the United States can somehow link themselves to the train, whether that be taking the train into New York City to 
uh, commute, uh, or they might have had an ancestor that worked for the railroad, or they grew up next to the railroad tracks watching old trains go by. There's a lot of nostalgia in trains, and I think that really sticks with everyone in, in today's society. And that's part of what the museum does is we're running equipment from the 1920s on our Christmas train and people get to experience what it was like to ride in the 1920s passenger car compared to a modern car. So I think a lot of it has to do with nostalgia and myself. It's just awesome to see all this old equipment that is still able to be operated and is cared for by actually really a small group of people. And we're starting to hear from some of these train lovers, some of these lovers of nostalgia Right now at 888-720-9677. And right now, actually, Orion, I'm going to bring in a caller. Dave from Orange, what is your question or comment? Just want to hear if we have Dave out there. Dave from Orange, can you hear us? Hey, maybe we didn't catch uh, Dave. We'll try to bring him back in if we can in a little bit. I'll put him on hold for now. Nonetheless, uh, just wanted to talk about the Railroad Museum. That was a nice transition I was trying to make because I believe Dave actually went to the Railroad Museum. So tell me what you think about the Railroad Museum. Is it a hidden gem? uh, Well, that's a good question. So if you said that four or five years ago, I would say yes. But now we're at the point where we're almost hauling 40,000 people Mm -hmm. uh, a year at the Railroad Museum. And the goal is to grow that even more. Christmas, when they would start running, the 715 would not sell out on a Sunday night or the Santa Express would struggle behind. Now we add a train, you come back in the next day or I check my laptop and half the tickets are already sold or the train's sold out. And there's such a demand for that for Christmas time just because of the whole idea of riding a train at Christmas with Santa Miss Claus. It has become a staple in an American uh, family tradition. It, it, personally, it's amazing to see the amount of uh, different people that come to ride our train from all over the place because they want to ride a train with Santa and Mrs. Claus at Christmas time. And but now we do like the Easter Bunny Express and the Chocolate Decadence Tour; those filled up, and uh, I expect the Easter Bunny Express probably to sell out as well. And those tickets are quietly on sale on our ticket provider website by clicking the buy tickets button on the website. And we're already selling tickets and we haven't even like put it on our Facebook page yet. No longer a hidden gem. Why don't we call it a, a rising star or yeah, maybe something skyrocketing to the sun, one. moon and stars? Yeah. Yeah. That's I would say that's true. I mean, that's a good that's a very good example. All right, we're going to try one more time with our friend Dave from Orange. Dave from Orange joins us right now with a question or a comment. Go ahead, Dave. Dave, can you hear us? Well, this is what happens when you have a a rookie show host on, uh, Orion. I'm sorry we couldn't uh, get you somebody a little little better that could uh, man the phones as well. But nonetheless, uh, we are taking phone calls this hour Ring us up if you can, 888-720-9677. Okay, so it's not just the Santa Express. It's not just the Northern Lights Limited. It's not just sipping with Santa. Events all year long, correct? That's correct. Uh, we have a little bit of a downtime in the wintertime, but even you can come and join us for a simple summer 
Naugatuck River Scenic Train Ride. And uh, best of all, we stop at the Chocolate Factory in Waterbury, Polish's Chocolates. So every train that we do, we try and have either an end destination or an engagement going on on the train. So it's not just a train ride. You're also getting an event out of it, even if it's a small event. People like doing something. So not only do you get a train ride, but you, you get something to do on top of that train ride. What, what else can you tell me about the Naugatuck Railroad? Because as I understand it, you're also offering help with shipping solutions and getting, uh, getting freight around. Help me out with the Naugatuck Railroad and something that you do, in, including direct rail service, if it's feasible. Yes. So uh, the Naugatuck Railroad uh, technically has been around since 1849 or 1845, and it started operating in 1849. So it's been around a long time. The rail line from Bridgeport all the way up to Winstead has been has been there for over 170 years uh but now uh, we operate between waterbury and uh torrington uh, still along so much of the original route from the 1800s and uh not only do we do passenger uh, like you said but we do do freight solutions and freight trains and uh so what makes that very unique is you have a, a passenger train and a freight train operating on the on the same line so the, the freight that we operate, each one of those rail cars that we ship out is equivalent to four tractor trailer truck loads of material, uh, which makes that a huge on uh, not only cost solutions uh, for, for financial savings, but also uh, for the environment, less wear and tear on the roads. And so in Connecticut, uh, I believe we've seen an increase on rail and freight shipments uh, just because of the efficiency of uh, freight rail. I remember earlier you said that you brought up Torrington as, as part of uh, that line, Torrington to Naugatuck, as I understand it's the historic line, right, from the 1800s? Uh, actually, the, the line from all the way from Bridgeport all the way to Winstead. Ah. It no longer goes to Winstead. That got cut back in the 60s. But, um, yeah, so the original line, the whole line, dates from 1849. Uh, but our, our, we operate between Waterbury and Torrington in the, in the valley there. And that's the point I wanted to bring up. When I was a kid, we, I, I live right near the railroad tracks in Torrington, actually right around the corner. And you wouldn't have any activity on that line at all except for the holiday season. The holiday season really brings these rail lines to life, would you say? Yeah, especially with the with the passenger operations. For years, that was easy. You could do Christmas, and you know, even if you had two coaches, it was you would still sell a Christmas train. Uh, but over the years, um, we've uh, invested heavily in getting uh, the you know the tracks are, are in really good shape, and getting um, the local community in Torrington more involved, and uh, working with like the Warner Feeder, for example. So we're doing an event with the Warner Feeder. So now those tracks up in Torrington are getting used significantly more now than they were in the last 25 years. Uh, I can't tell you exactly how many trains we ran to Torrington this year, but there was a lot of them. And almost every single weekend we were there with the train in Torrington. So it, it, it's coming back, and I have faith that it will continue to grow and come back. Orion Newell, Passenger Operations Manager with the Naugatuck Railroad and a member of the Board of Directors of the Railroad Museum of New England. Orion, thank you so much for coming on today. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Hey, coming up from real-life locomotives to antique sets, 
We'll hear about one set at the center of Yale New Haven Children's Hospital and what it means to visiting families and the folks who work there. You can join the conversation as well. Let me give you that number here, 888-720-9677, 888-720-WNPR, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. This is where we live from Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Frankie Graziano. When you enter the waiting room on the second floor, that's right, the second floor of Yale New Haven Children's Hospital, there's a magical antique train set to greet you. Just behind plexiglass is a whole world of winding tracks and trains, windmills, jets, and figurines that will give a whirl or wave with just a push of a button. The display is huge. It's a heartwarming asset to families visiting the hospital and even to some of the employees. Joining us to share some of this magic, Ebony Wright, a registered nurse and assisted patient service manager at Yale New Haven Children's Hospital, and Walter Zowlick, volunteer trains curator at Yale New Haven Children's Hospital, as well as the Eli Whitney Museum in Hamden. Ebony and Walter, thank you for coming on Where We Live this morning. You're welcome. Thank you. And folks Hello? listening can join the conversation. Sorry, I just paused a second there, Walter. I got you. You can okay. join the conversation, 888-720-9677, 888-720-WNPR, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Ebony, can I start with you? Absolutely. When did trains sort of begin to intersect with your job as a caregiver? So I actually, I've been in this role for a little over 11 years, and the trains were actually a display set up before I started working here. Um, the trains were set up as there were two trains and they just ran continuously on the track. Um, we often had issues with the motors burning out because they were running continuously 24 hours a day. And when did Walt enter this scene? How did he uh, transform this display? So a few years back, um, Walter worked for the um the School of Nursing, um, which is nearby, and he would often pass through the, our waiting area and he saw the train display and he reached out to us and said, you know, I, I love working on trains and I really would like to partner with you to help service your trains and help your train display. Um, and we've been having this partnership ever, ever since. Um, Walter actually took our trains off of continuous um, molds and he actually set timers and he put in um, functions in which the trains are now push button operated. So they only run if a patient or their parent or one of our employees pushes the button, which um, definitely extended the life on the, on the trains. So it's been a, a godsend and we are indebted to, to Walter and his services. And I understand we're on the radio waves talking a lot about these images of this elaborate display. But, folks, you could do me a favor. Maybe you're looking on your phone or listening or something like that. Open up a new page while you're listening to us. Go to ctpublic.org slash where we live. And you could see the display right there. What does this display mean to the families that come through the Children's Hospital, Ebony? It means a lot to the to the families. It serves as a distraction and it promotes well-being for our patients. 
it helps to divert their um, anxiety and their stressful feelings, and it replaces it with fun and joy and, and happiness. Um, they absolutely love the train displays. Um, they could care less about the appointments. They want to play with the train. You talked about the the distraction there. Kind of a helpful incentive for parents to get their children into appointments or into the hospital. It, they're actually using it as a, a bribing resource now. Um, I heard a parent last week tell their child, if you come in and you do the visit, I'll let you play with the trains for another 10 minutes when the, the visit is done. And it, it helped. It got that patient through the door and they got they, their parent came through with the promise and allowed them to come back out and play with the trains. Sounds like something I would do as a parent in that situation. Are you seeing that these adults are touched just as often as the children are? Absolutely. I um, <laughs> I was sometimes I just sit in the waiting area and I just look <laughs> around sometimes, you know, chat with the parents and see what's going on. And I had a parent, um, a, a family. It was the dad, the mom and the child that came to play with the train. Um, dad actually left the child on the other side of the train and dad was running around pushing all of the buttons. And I said, um, you're having a good time. He's like, yeah, it's all for the child. And I said, it looks like it's more for you. Uh, but he was absolutely enjoying himself. Um, and he spent 10 minutes in the, the waiting area until he was called in for his visit playing with the train. You see what trains do to people. <laughs> Sometimes employees after hours, I'm understanding, are, are enthralled with these trains as well, Ebony. Yeah, so our waiting area is a big open area. Um, and there are several elevators that people take that they have to go around the waiting area to get to them. So oftentimes I'll, I'll come in on off hours to, to catch up on some work or, you know, to do different things. And I often see staff members um, attempting to play with the train. Now that the timer is on the train and the trains go off later in the day and they don't run on the weekends, they're out, they're pushing the buttons. This train isn't working. Do you know what's going on? I said, yeah, it's set on a timer. It won't come back on until Monday. Um, but when the trains were continuously, you often saw staff members um, playing with the train on the weekend. Um, some staff members, I even seen they brought their children in to play with the train on the weekend. Yeah, there's something about the motion of the trains, particularly with children that have sensory processing delays. My son is always uh, on his on the ground, sprawled out, uh, looking to see the train move around all kinds of obstacles in the house, like chairs. He makes like a, a forts with these with cushions from the couch, just trying to get the train all over the place. Walt, the magic of movement and trains. Walt, can you tell me about what that does for you when you see trains moving around? Oh, I, I think trains are incredibly nostalgic. They conjure up uh, memories, that uh, childhood memories. I, every time I see them run, that's what it does for me. And Ebony, thank you for the kind words, but really it's the support of Ebony, Lynn Sherman, and the friends of uh, Yale and Haven Children's Hospital that allow this display to function the way it does. We know you have everything to do with the upkeep of these trains. Where did your love of model trains take off? Okay, I'll tell you. Uh, when I was five, my Uncle Joe bought me an American Flyer train made in New Haven, Connecticut. I cherish it. I had 12 curved tracks. It went around a Christmas tree. That's all I had. And then as time went on, my mother managed to get me a few other trains, and I became interested in them, played with them as a teenager, and then put them away for the longest time when I had kids. Uh, took them out. Sometimes they didn't work as well as they should when they're stored away for a long time. And I got to learn how to fix them. And uh, I, I, I decided to do some work with the Eli Whitney uh, Museum in Hamden. 
And they have an interactive American flag train display uh, that's up now and running. And the kids run the trains, much like at the hospital. Kids will play with trains. They won't set the tracks up or wire the things as much as the uh, earlier generations did. But boy, if you have a train that they can press a button or an accessory, they'll do it. And they really enjoy it. And it's, uh, it's, it's sweet. We got a comment online from a very special rail fan. Rail fanning, a big deal in her house. We even have a train room that my son designed starting at five years old with HO scale trains. And she says WNPR headquarters is well represented. That's Lucy Nalpathanchel, the former host of the show, the better host of the show than I am. Uh, But Lucy Nalpathanchel, thank you for listening and talking to us about rail fanning. And Lucy, full disclosure, gave me the train table that her son Cormac had and, and Willow, her daughter, and uh, my, my son Charlie now uses that train table. You talked about the magic of children, maybe not necessarily wiring the trains or anything like that yet, but but playing with them. What kind of things are you seeing with the kids? Are they are they are they adding to the tracks? Are they trying to bring in different cars or whatever they have around? What do you see the kids do with these displays? Well, sometimes they do that. I, I'm most familiar with what happens at the museum because we have many many more buttons. We have four trains that run, and uh, I've tried. I'm not sure how much you know about AC Gilbert Company, but it's a big company in New Haven. It's gone bankrupt. It's been bankrupt for 50 years. But the trains, the people who collect these trains and play with them are still around. And we have managed to make the display a historical display. Gilbert bought American Flyer trains in the late 30s, moved it to New Haven. And all the people from New Haven made these magnificent trains. We have people funneling through who worked at the factory or whose mom and dad or granddad or grandma worked at the factory. And I have to tell you, Frankie, I have met the, mo- the most interesting people and they've told me their stories. And to me, it's more than just a train display. It's just like happening. And it's a, a really neat place that the, that, the, that the museum has established. And now at the hospital, it's just as much fun. Yeah, Ebony, what can you tell me about the interactives that Walt has added to this display? So it's, um, it's actually a fantastic interactive display. Not only do we have the two trains that run on the, the, the rails, um, there are other items in there. There are amusement park rides, um, bumper cars, there's a Ferris wheel. Um, there's also characters that um, the parents and the children tell me about. Um, every year, um, this, this train is funded by a grant that we apply for. And I go into the train display so that I can update um, and see what new displays are in there. And sometimes I don't know who the characters are. There are some Star Wars characters. um, There's Marvel characters. And oftentimes the um, families will (laughs) tell me who the characters are. Um, Walt, I believe, might be a Boston Red Sox fan because um, (laughs) around playoff times, there's uh, usually a Boston um, Red Sox flag in there. Um, right now I went in the other day and I see that he has our, uh, Christmas display in there. Um, so there's, there's always something different. Um, he changes it up, um, every year and adds new things, um, takes away a, a couple of things. It's, it's different all the time. So it's always amazing to go in there and, and, and look at it. Before I ask Walt about the psychology of putting this whole thing together, I just want to share a comment that, a a friend of ours listening to where we live today named Jake said, he said, I'm so happy that Where We Live is doing a show about trains. It's so important. It certainly is. And you can join in the conversation if you're listening, 
720-9677-888-720 WNPR. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at where, where, where We Live. Send us comments. Maybe you got a question for Walt and Ebony. And now, Walt, I want to talk to you about the psychology of putting this whole thing together. She talks about maybe a Red Sox tie-in, maybe Christmas. What, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, listen, I'll be honest with you. I'm a kid at heart. Usually the things that I like, kids like, it's just my mentality. If, if I enjoy it, I think that the younger kids will enjoy it too. And I try to change things up. I mean, uh, Ebony's right. We try to change whether it's Halloween or whether it's a baseball season or whether it's a, a Christmas season, we change things up. And it's similarly with the Whitney, Eli Whitney Museum. We have uh, planes flying around. So there are some at the hospital as well where we celebrate the things that happened in the 30s. Amelia Earhart, for example, we have several of her airplanes circling overhead that the people run when they press a button along with all the trains and the other accessories. So I just look at something and if it if it floats my boat, I say, okay, let's give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, well, we take it down and try something else that does. But generally, uh, we're, we're close to successful in most of the things. What about the care for the trains. Can you tell me a little bit about trying to make sure these are well-preserved? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you had trains as a kid, you know that you probably, if you added up all the minutes that you ran your train in a year, it probably averages five, six, seven, eight hours. The trains at the museum and at the hospital may run for six or seven hours a day. And at the hospital, that's five days a week throughout the year. So they always require, they have to go up there and clean them, I, I burnt motor. I mean, the motors burn out after a while. And uh, so it's, it, listen, I'm still on the learning curve. I've gotten pretty good at fixing them. Some I still can't fix, but the support from the friends allows me to buy new items for the, uh, for the hospital and the support from the museum allows me to get uh, other trains that we can acquire. And some people donate things, which is really sweet as well. Ebony, you talked earlier about how, some parents might use it as an incentive uh, to, to try to get their children into their appointments, even employees after hours enjoying these trains. Can you give me an anecdote, if you will, about uh, this maybe making your job easier or at least making it maybe a little more fun? It does. Um, it can be very stressful when children are coming in for appointments. We also have a phlebotomy station, so patients are coming for, for lab draws. So it can be very stressful. This is this takes away that stress, even if it's temporarily until they get into their appointment. But it at least decreases their anxiety enough that they're able to play, they're able to start their visit on on a on a good note. So it's it's been very beneficial to to distracting our patients. And I understand you actually just visited the Naugatuck Railroad in Thomaston. We were talking about this earlier. We were talking about the Santa Express, the Sun, Moon, and Stars one. But you went on a on a train uh, in Thomaston with your youngest daughter, as I understand it. Can you tell me about that experience? I did. We actually just visited the Santa Express um, on this past Sunday. We went on the 215 um, train ride. Um, my daughter Zoe is nine years old, and this is the first official train ride that she has ever had. Um, she met Mrs. Claus. She met Santa. Um, Santa went above and beyond. Um, <laughs> while we were chatting with Santa, my 14-year-old daughter, who says she's a little too old to be visiting with um, Santa, Ooh. called. And I, I um, disbarred the, the, the call. And Santa said, no, let's call her. And Santa called her back on FaceTime and actually spoke with her and asked her <laughs> whether or not she was a good girl or not. She was completely taken back and, and shocked that Santa had done that. Um, but it was it was just great 
The elves were great. The staff went above and beyond. Um, they provided us with hot cocoa. Um, my daughter really thought she was on the Polar Express. She she got gifts. She received a, a bell. She just had the time of her life and wanted to come back the following day. Now that I know that there are multiple activities, we will definitely be coming back again. She absolutely loved it. Man, the magic of the holiday season and trains all getting folks to believe this time of year. You love to hear it. Walt, just uh, quickly before we finish up here. Well, actually, I want to say that uh, you can see images of the train display at Yale New Haven Children's Hospital on our website. This is the place where Ebony works and uh, really helps uh, really helps uh, keep these trains going and people interested in these trains as well. ctpublic.org slash where we live. Walt, you manage the Eli Whitney Museum's antique model train set as well, as I understand it. Yes, uh, that's been that's been a, r- a real enjoyable experience. Met a lot of interesting people, as I said. And we're, you have to remember that it, it, in its heyday, the Gilbert Company that made these American fly trains in New Haven employed up to five thousand people. So it's the biggest employer in New in New Haven. In fact, we had the mayor of New Haven in the. Uh, uh, just uh, this weekend, and I was telling him stories about the uh, New Haven that the, that he didn't even know about the the history of the trains and uh, the New Haven community. Well, train lovers, I hope we did a great job with the show today. I want to say that uh, I think uh, Katie Pellico did a tremendous job producing the show. I, Walt, Ebony, what do you think? How did we do on the show about trains here? He did a great job, and we encourage anyone that is coming to Yelma Haven Children's Hospital, adult pediatrics, come and enjoy our trains. Any plug for you quickly, Walt? Yeah, Frankie, listen, this is great. Support the hospital, support the museum. This has been nice. Oh, great job, Katie, producing the show. I appreciate it. We also have Katie Tilarski and Tess Terrible helping us out as well today. My final show of 2022 here, our technical producer, Cat Pastor. Thank you so much for your work, Kat. I'm Frankie Graziano. Download Where We Live anytime on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for listening. Happy holidays from me.